Let's turn around and shake hands and fellowship one with another.
praise the Lord. Let's let our ushers come forward to receive her offering this morning. And I remind you, as I have reminded you just about every Sunday, to be faithful in your giving. As you know, we're in the process of getting ready to build and build a new auditorium. And your giving is very, very important to all of our future plans. So be faithful in your giving. You give because you obey the Lord, but you have a great reason to give around here. And so I encourage you to give. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for, again, the privilege of being here. Bless the offering and continue to move in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.
Many of you have asked me when I'm going to sing this song again. And when Ken was preaching last week on storms, I, it kept coming to my mind. And many of you said it came to yours. And so I want to do that today. Master of the wind. He is the master of the wind and the storm. And I loved what Ken said about when he said, peace be still. He said, uh, sit down and shut up. Is that what you said? And uh, I believe the Lord comes in and says, enough. And he lifts the clouds. And he's able. Sometimes he don't change our circumstances. Sometimes he changes us in our circumstances. Sometimes he changes our heart and the way we feel in our circumstances. So let's look to him today, the master of the wind.
He certainly is the master of the storms of our life, isn't he? So joy to have Brother Eddie Goddard with us today. We appreciate Brother Eddie, Doreen, the family, and a blessing to have them in our own church as part of our, of our church family. Been here for a number of years, and we thank the Lord for him. Works with bearing precious seed and helps to strip Bibles around the world, raises money for Bibles, pastor for many years. Let's welcome Brother Eddie back to our services today. Thank you. I raise money, Doreen mails them. <laughs> Good to see you. I want you to take your Bible this morning, turn to Micah, find Jonah, and go towards the New Testament, find Nahum, go left, and you'll find Micah. <laughs> Good to see you. Good to have my Hebrew friend Jack Reese with us today. Jack and I have been buddies a long time. I, I was in the hospital this time last year, and... Uh, I told the doctor, I said, well, let me out of here. I said, uh, I'll go back to Chattanooga. I'll go in the hospital in Chattanooga. And I was trying to figure out how to get home. And it was, I think, on Thursday or Friday. And, and uh, I talked, Drain said, we'll figure out something, honey. And, and uh, so she called me right back. She said, uh, uh, I was talking to Jack, called to see how you were, and said, Jack and Sandy said they'd come to get you, honey. And I said, what'd you tell them? They said, well, she said, I told them I'll pray about it. I said, pray about what? Call them and tell them it's God's will. They come on down here. And uh, someone said it's about to die in the hospital. Now, Jack liked to kill me two or three times coming through Atlanta, but I appreciate Jack. Uh, he's a good guy, just don't drive very well. Nah, just kidding. Did you hear about, uh, I heard this the other day, said this uh, man and woman were sitting in their front room watching uh, Fox News and they were watching about the war in Afghanistan. And uh, the man's wife said, Honey, he said, I'm so glad that George Bush got elected. Said he's got Dick Cheney and Rumsfeld and Colin Powell working with him. So I'm just so glad he got elected. Said, Almost wish I'd have voted for him. <laughs> and uh, Finally, her husband said, now, Tipper, that's enough. <laughs> that's probably a lot of truth in that. I want you to stand with me this morning. And uh, Micah, chapter 6, we're going to pray and then we'll read. Father, we ask you to help us today. We know one thing, we're inadequate, we're insufficient, and we can't do anything without you and ask your will to be done. Thank you for the good songs. Lord, I, I'm glad I, I know the master of the wind. Glad you saved me one day and helped me change my life. I appreciate that. Maybe people here this morning don't know you. Others going through storms. I'm glad you're the master of the storm. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Micah 6 says, Wherewithal, wherewith shall I, wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before him? The high God, Lord, I can't see. <laughs> Said my eyes. Uh, let me start over. It says, Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, 
the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. You may be seated. You know, when you, when you get saved, when a person trusts Christ, you, uh, you have a relationship with God, and not just some figment of your imagination, but you have a relationship with God. A relationship, also when you become a child of God, you have certain rights. Just like citizenship means relationship, it means rights. And we love to talk about our rights. I have a right to come boldly to the throne of grace. All that. We love that. But you know what? You also have responsibility when you get saved. And we don't like responsibility. We don't like for folks, not even God, to tell us what to do because we like to do what we want to do. Uh, we're born like that. Uh, when, I'm, I remember, I don't remember when I was born, but I, I remember as I was growing up, my job was to get the coal, and you know, you didn't, uh, we heated with coal and wood, and, and my job was get the coal and the wood in, and it wasn't any of this stuff like today. You, the kids do it if they want to. You did it, and, and if you did, you got a piece of that wood on your backside. And so you, you, that was my job. But I, you know, they were mom and dad was always telling me what to do. I didn't like that, and I thought, boy, I can't wait till I get out of here, and people won't be telling me what to do. So when I was 17 years old, I joined the military. And uh, they're always telling me something to do. And I thought, man, if when I, I'm getting after four months, three years, 17 days, two hours, and 15 minutes, and two seconds, I got out of there. Went up to Cleveland, Ohio, got a job in a factory. I, I was working for Willard Battery Company, screwing tops on batteries. You had to really be smart to do that. But, but you made pretty good money. And one day, I was, uh, a piece of pasteboard on the floor, and uh, I'd have to step over that pasteboard to do my job. And, and I picked it up and threw it in the trash. An old union steward jumped on me and said, What are you doing? I said, Well, I'm picking up that pasteboard. He said, Don't you know you're costing somebody a job? They told me what to do. Then I thought, You know, if I just had a good wife, And I got married, married Dory. And then God called me to preach and I became a pastor. There was somebody all the time telling you what to do. But we don't like, we like the rights, the relationship, but we don't like the responsibility. But God said you and I have a responsibility and if you and I want to please God in our life, God said this, you're saved, you're going to heaven, but this is what you got to do to please me. He said you got to do justly. You got to be different, you got to live right, you got to be honest. He said if you're going to please me, you got to do justly. Not just to know to do justly, but do justly. You see, we like to hear the Word of God. We don't like to do the Word of God, but the Bible said the hearers are justified. Uh, uh, the doers, not the hearers only. Right. And then he said, we're to love mercy. Not just do some mercy once a while, but God said, we ought to love mercy. Let it go around looking for something good to do for somebody. That's, that's what Christian is. Christ-like said Jesus went about doing good. You see, churches, being a Christian is more than just 
coming to church and listening to a message, throwing a few bucks in the offering and going home. It, 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 it's doing justly. It's love and mercy. Then he said this, and to walk humbly before thy God. Walk humbly with thy God. Vance Havner said, he said, it must be hard to walk with God. He said, because not many people do. And you know why it's so hard for us to walk with God? We're born with a thing called me first attitude. And it's just hard to walk with God when we want to do it our way, do our own thing. You know, watch some kids going after recess, little kids. Uh, you, you watch them. They'll be running after and say, okay, you swing first, you swing first, I'll swing second. You, you didn't have to teach them to say, me first, me first. We're born like that. And to walk with God, you can't have a me first mentality. It's like Jonah and Jalen. They'll come over to the house and we'll play ball. I got a wiffle ball and a, and a plastic bat so they'll knock people's windows out. And we'll play baseball. And, and they'll say, uh, let's play baseball, Pop Pop. Jalen said, me and Jonah play you and Mama. <laughs> and, and we'll go out in the yard to play baseball. Listen, I always say the same thing. I said, uh, who bats first? Jalen said, you and Mama home team. You know what that means? That means they bat first. I thought, that's pretty good for a five-year-old kid. You and Mama home team. I said, how come we always got to be home team? He said, well, you live here. But you know what? I got a sneaky suspicion if I played over at their house, I'd probably be the home team too. You, you, you say, why? Because we're born with a me first attitude. But the Bible says we're to walk with God. We can't walk with God and have a me first attitude. Most problems in churches, most problems at work, most problems in the home is because of a me first attitude. Hey, but you and I as Christians, we're not to have that kind of an attitude. We're to walk humbly with God. Now, to walk with God means you don't lag behind God. You know, a lot of times we're way back here and God's way up there somewhere. And he said, come on, man. We're back there, so I don't know. Brother Ken, Yule Altizer, the church Yule pastors, uh, some people came to me in Rainier one time wanted to start a church. And uh, I pre uh, we, we went over to Lewisburg and preached the ser first service in the doctor's office, and, and we, uh, that's how the, their church got started. And uh, a guy got saved that night. I, I went back there after you became pastor about 10 or 12 years later, and, and this Mr. Lefford came. said, hey, brother, said, do you remember me? Said, said, uh, I said, well, you look for me. He said, you know, I got saved the first night when you had that service and started this church. I said, you that guy's still coming. You said, yeah, but he's never been baptized. I said, saved 12 years and hasn't, hey, you're way behind God. That's the first thing you ought to do if you get saved is to get baptized. He said he's afraid of water. If a storm comes, he'll run to the house as fast as he can, take off. And, and boy, I whopped on baptism that night. And, the next night. and finally the old fellow got saved 12 years. Hey, there are people call themselves walking with God and... and uh, 
you don't even tithe yet. Man, you're lagging way behind God. God's up there saying, come on, man, I, I want to bless you. And God doesn't need your money. God wants to do something for you. That's why he says tithe. He wants to supply your needs. But, but so you can't walk with God and lag behind God. Listen, you can't walk with God and run before God. A lot of times we get way up here and running and, and God's way back there. As God's done said stop and we're way out there ahead of God. Hey, have you ever seen a, an old drum major? If you watch the, the, the ball games uh, during the Rose Bowl, you, you, you'll notice that drum major at halftime. Man, he's out there. And everything, and he's the star. And everybody just looking at him. He's out there just a strutting. Hey, you can't walk with God and strut. Hey, you know the Bible says there's six things God hates, and one of them is pride. Hey, when God measures you, He doesn't measure your head. He measures your heart. You can't run ahead of God and call yourself walking with God, doing your own thing. A few years ago, they had the, uh, talking about running ahead of God, strutting, a few years ago, they had the Southwide Baptist Fellowship here in town, and they had the, the, the Cleveland Church of God National Meeting here in Chattanooga. I was away in a meeting, and, and Doreen called me, one of the preachers out of the church I used to pastor. He had called and, and for me, and, and Doreen said he, he said he couldn't get a room in Chattanooga. He said he tried, and all the motels were full. And uh, he'd called and asked Doreen, see if you can call around and get me a motel room. I said, what's the matter? She said, Eddie, she said, they got the Church of God convention and they got the Baptist convention here. She said, honey, there are preachers everywhere. She said, preachers and wives everywhere. Said, you go in the store and preachers there, grocery store, restaurant, everywhere you go, said, they're just preachers and their wives. And I said, well, honey, how, how do you know they're preachers? She said, I know preachers. And she said, I'll tell you something else. She said, I, I can tell the Baptist preachers from the Church of God preachers. And I said, oh, Doreen, I don't want you to go tell a church of God preach from Baptist preacher. She said, those Baptist preachers, said, those men are out there just a strutting, she said. Said they got them little hankies in their pocket and those, and, uh, and said, here come the little old wives. Uh, about five steps back. I, I, I said, well, how can you tell the church of God? She said, the women are out there strutting. She said. And she said, here come, their, here come her little old mousy husband like that. And, and I, I said, which one do you like? She said, I like that Church of God deal better. Amen. <laughs> hey, but you can't walk with God and strut. You can't run ahead of God and walk with God. You can't lag behind and walk with God. If you walk with God, you've got to walk beside of God. It said, you've got to walk humbly with thy God. You've got to walk beside of God. I, I like to walk. My big, both my big toes hurt, but I walk anyway. I used to go out to Eastgate and walk. I, I'd say, Doreen one day, I said, honey, won't you go out with me and, and walk? She'd say, Eddie, I can't walk with you. I said, why? She said, you take two biggest steps. She said, you walk and I'll walk and I'll meet you at that little bookstore they had over there. She said, you take too big a step. Now listen, I didn't think I was taking big steps, Brother Ken. But to her, 
they were big steps. You know, sometimes if you walk with God, it seems like God takes such big steps. Now, they're not big to God, but they sure seem big to me. But if you walk with God, when God goes, you got to go. When God stops, you got to stop. When God slows down, you got to slow down if you walk with God. Don't you think that was a big step? When God, the Bible says, two men walk with God, said, Noah walked with God and Enoch walked with God. Don't you know when God said to Noah, Noah, I want you to build an ark out here in the middle of nowhere, no water, no ocean anywhere, and it's going to rain, water's going to never rain, going to come down from the sky. Everybody going out, probably looking at him. I don't know whether they did or not. All the preachers say he did. I'm sure they went out and looked at that boat. Probably felt like an idiot sometimes. 120 years, no rain. He, he just, that's a big step. Just believing God, just trusting God. Don't you imagine it was a big step when God said to Abraham, Abraham, get thee out of my father's house and thy kindred into a land that I'll show you. Didn't the Bible say knowing where he went? A big step. But oh, Abraham, he. Yeah, I remember when I got saved. It wasn't very many people at that church that night. But, but you know, God spoke to my heart. And, and, and you know, j just to step out of that aisle, that's a big step. It just seemed like everybody's looking at you. I guess they were. <laughs> just looking at you. And, and, and boy, it seemed like such a big step. But I'm glad I took that step right one night. Hey, if you walk with God... You, that's the, that's the first step you got to take is salvation step. And then, then when God called me to preach, I had never thought about being a preacher in all my life. Didn't want to be a preacher. God just pushed me and thumped me and kept talking to me and said, preach. I sat in the pew one night. I, that afternoon, I knew what the preacher was going to preach. He didn't say, but I knew. And God had been dealing with me. And I sat about one, two, three, four, five rows back on that side. And, and, and God said, you get out there and tell them. You're going to preach. Listen, that's a big step. I haven't preached a sermon in my life. That's a big step. God said, I want you to, after start preaching, I want you to go to Bible college. I hadn't been to school in 16 years. I told somebody I didn't know a dangling participle from a dangling soul. Gave me an English test, had to take bonehead English. I didn't know a verb from a noun. I mean, I forgot all of that stuff or never did learn it. I don't know which. But, but, but I got to where I liked it. That was a big step. I'll never forget. I thought, well, what, what school's going to take me? I, 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 Dr. Robertson was at their church. I, I got a little old book uh, from the school, you know, and, and I got to looking at one night. I said, Doreen, I, I, I looked in there and I had all, and I said, I want you to write them all a letter and see if any of them will take me. I mean, I had a good job and nice home, and I was totally satisfied. But here God said, come to the scenic city, <laughs> Chattanooga. 
Hey, that was a big step. I, I remember I, uh, I filled that thing out, that application, and uh, Doreen did. I couldn't write. She filled that for me. And uh, uh, it, it said on that application, said uh, about your appearance. Right eye, left eye, and I put blind. In my, I'm blind in my left eye. It looks okay, but I'm blind. Man, I can't see. See, just... And, and then it got down there and said, have you ever taken drugs? And I said, I wanted to lie. I wanted to say, no, I've never done anything like that. But, but I, you, you're not supposed to lie if you're a Christian, are you? And, uh, and some of you all get a hold of that. And, and, uh, and I put down there, yeah, I've taken drugs. And then it got down there and said, have you ever been commi uh, convicted of a felony? I wanted to lie again. I said, yeah. Doreen looked at that. She really encouraged me. She said, Eddie, ain't no way in the world. <laughs> she said, you got one eye, <laughs> dope fiend, and a criminal. She said, they're not going to take you in school. Hey, but that was a big step. Hey, if you walk with God, sometimes you got to take big steps. It, it, it's not always easy to walk with God. I'm like the Sunday school teacher said this morning, when said, and I asked, go up there and talk to Paul. Hey, I don't, well, I don't want to talk to Paul either. What if God said, I want you to go talk to Ben Laden? He's over here in the, he's a killer. I, I talk about taking a big step. I remember one time that uh, uh, we were building a building, and uh, I don't know if it was a school building or the church building, and uh, I had a house in Durham, North Carolina, and uh, I sold that house. And uh, well, hey, we lived in a house in West Virginia. I don't know whether John remembers or not, but uh, hey, listen, when the wind blew, it, it blew the curtains about that far out from the wall. It was a Jenny Lynn house, and, and you could almost throw in a cat through some of those cracks, you know, and had, had plastic on the outside, and still that, that thing would blow like that. And, uh, and it gets so cold in the wintertime, we'd have to uh, come, all come downstairs and sleep in two rooms. And, and uh, I, I remember one time I was uh, shaving, and, and it was raining, and the water was dropping down on my head. And, and I told Dwayne, I said, I'm the only preacher I know that has to shave an umbrella on his head. And uh, she, she said, well, she, well I, I like that old house, but I didn't like that house. And uh, I mean, it was cold in that house. And, and, and I, but I sold my house in Durham, and I said to Doreen, I said, honey, I said, uh, come spring, we, we'll either build us a house or we'll, or we'll buy us a house. Put my money in the savings. And uh, we were building the building one day. I was going down the road and to Charleston, the hospital, and it seemed like God uh, uh, went through my mind. I said, well, uh, you asked everybody else to give. Well, I had more than $1,000 to give. I said, why don't you give your house money? And uh, I said, uh, okay. But I said, I'm not telling Doreen. <laughs> I said, God, you tell her. And you know what? I, I kind of forgot about it. About two weeks later, one day she came up and she said, Eddie, here's a letter. She said, uh, I, I wish I could look you in the eye and tell you this, but she said, uh, I, I just couldn't do it. And, and here's the letter. I thought, well, she's leaving. Sound like a Dear John deal, you know? And, uh, but here's what the letter said. It, it said, Ed, honey, I believe God wants us to give our house money. Hope you won't be mad at me. You know, that's a... I mean, that was my life savings, everything I had. God said, but you know what? Listen to me. I look back now, 
Those were little steps. Now that's nothing. It just seemed like it was a big step. And you know, for a preacher to go take a church, he don't know the people. Well, they might run him off in six months, uproots his family, goes to pastor church. You don't even know them. People you've never seen, you just... I want to walk with God, don't you? Yeah. Hey, hey, what I thought used to be a big step, ain't nothing. Yeah. They're just little itty-bitsy steps. I'm going to give you three things. <laughs> like, say, like Brother Roloff said, we'll give you 37 things and we're leaving. <laughs> he preached for a guy out in Texas, a friend of mine. I was preaching for him. He said, his old Brother Roloff came in there one night and he said, he said he's an hour late getting there, and he said that he said he got all the drunks in town there to hear Brother Roloff, and they just had him on the front row, and he was an hour late, and it was cold in there. And he said, Brother Roloff said, I'm going to preach to you tonight on 37 reasons I believe the Bible's the Word of God. He said, and he said one of those drunks said, oh, he just fell out on the front row. But I, I, I'm going to give you three things, three things that you got to do if you walk with God. In the Bible, it says Noah walked with God. The first thing you got to do if you walk with God, it says Noah found grace in the eyes of God. You couldn't live for God five seconds. In fact, you can't walk with God. You can't do anything to please God until first you find grace in the eyes of God. Boy, I'm glad one night God reached down his hand and lift him in. And listen, I, I should have gone to hell. Hey, you should go to hell too. But God in his grace, hey, reached down. And we said he reached way down. It didn't strain the grace of God one iota. Amen. Have you ever found grace in the eyes of God? Hey, do you know you say, hey, you need saving grace, sanctifying grace. Hey, hey, hey I, I quit things in my life, quit doing things I never thought I'd ever quit. But the grace of God helped. You'll never walk with God till first you find grace in the eyes of God. Can you go back to a time when you found grace in the eyes of God, when you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God came into your life and changed your life and made you a new creature in Christ Jesus? I'm telling you, I can go back. Hey, God, I went to church condemned, and I left there child of God, fit for heaven, not because of what I've done, but because I found the grace of God in my life. Hey, if you walk with God, number one, you've got to find the grace of God. He said he found grace, Amen. the grace of God. Amen. Hey, you know, people say, I've been so bad. I've heard people say, I'm a mechanic. I can't. God said, I'm a mechanic. I can't get saved. Mechanic? What's that got to do with it? Paul was a murderer. Guy came one night and said, he said, that I, I was visiting him. His mama told me he's an alcoholic and told me who he was. I, I went to school with the guy. I knew the guy. He'd been in, in uh, Vietnam. He, and uh, he told me, he came to my house. He said, he said, he said I've lined people up 25, just mowed them down, women and children. said, I've killed them. He said, it takes me from a pint to a fifth of whiskey every night to go to sleep. He said, God couldn't forgive me. And I said, yes, it can, Randall. Remember, Drain, he came down to our house. Hey, God changed his life by his grace. You've got to find the grace of God if you walk with God. 
Number two, if you, if you walk with God, not only you need to find the grace of God, but you need to be faithful to God. You, you know, in, in, in chapter 6 of, of Genesis, it says this, and it says, And Noah found grace, and Noah walked with God. And then God says, I want you to do this, 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 this. Build the ark to where the windows were and everything. And then here's what he said to Noah. And, and then the Bible said, And Noah did according to all that God said. So, so he found grace, and he was faithful to God. He did what God said. If you walk with God, you've got to do what God says. That's what Noah did. He said he did all. You know, this is not a cafeteria-style thing. Pick and choose. I want this, this, this. I don't want any of this. If you walk with God, number one, you've got to find the grace of God. Number two, you've got to be faithful to God. You've got to do what God says. Not just hear what God Some of you say, uh, I'm walking with God, and you rob God, and you never witness. Hey, God said to witness. God said to give. Don't get quiet on me. <laughs> hey, listen, that's a little step. Won't you just trust God, see what God will do. So he found grace in the eyes of God. If you want God, you've got to find grace. Number two, he was faithful. Number three, it tells in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 11, verse 7, and Noah had faith in God. It says, by faith, Noah built an ark. He, he, he just... I mean, it was unreasonable from man's perspective to build an ark out in the middle of the world. But it says, Noah, by faith, built an ark. You know all God asks you and me to do today? Believe me. Just trust me. Just believe me. Now listen, if you walk with God, you've got to find His grace. Somewhere, the grace of God's got to get a hold of you. Number two, you've got to be faithful to God. Number three, you've got to have faith in God. How many of you want to walk with God? Ever. Listen, I, I believe every person that's saved wants to walk with God. How many of you have found grace in the eyes of God? You know you're saved. You know that. Now listen to me. Be faithful to God. Have faith in God. Hey, and then when 203 walks around, you look back and you think, all that stuff I thought was so big, it was just little itty-bitty steps. Because God will bless you so much you can't hardly stand it. I want you to bow your head with me tonight, today. And while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and the musicians come, uh, let me ask you this. How many of you will come and say, Oh, God, I just want to walk with you in 202. That's not saying you've been out and getting drunk. But you say, God, I just want to walk with you in 202. Now, listen, if you went to the hospital this week and for some tests and they said, Well, you got cancer, you, you got six months to live, a year to live, or you, like my friend out in Houston, I called her this morning, she was taking one of those IL-2 treatment, treatments and, and having a lot of trouble. And uh, you, you know what you're going to think? Well, I wish I'd walk with God. I wish I'd have done more for God. Won't you, wouldn't you think that? Our Father, we come to you, ask you, God, to help today. Speak to our heart. God, help every one of us to say, by the grace of God, I'm going to walk with you. By the grace of God, I'm going to believe you. By the grace of God, I'm going to be faithful to you. I want you to stand. We want the musicians to play. How many will come this morning and say, in 202, I'm going to walk with God? Will you do that? I'm going to walk with God in 202. And then there may be somebody, hey, that's a big step, isn't it? Hey, you know what? God, God may have been speaking to some of you about preaching. He said, I can't do that. Well, you can do as good as I can do. You can get up and slaughter the king's English. It's, it's not bad. Listen, it's not bad serving God. Would you come this morning and say, God, I want to serve you. Hey, maybe you're here this morning, listen to me, 
and, and you don't know Christ, you have, the grace of God's never got a hold of your life, you've never been changed. I told a guy this past week, I said, uh, he, he, he looks like he's about 70. He said, well, my wife and, uh, and, and kids, go, my grandkids, they stay after me all the time. I said, have you got to the place you don't think you need the church or I said, to get saved or anything like that? Oh, he said, no, no, he said, I ain't going to say that. If you're here this morning and you have never received the grace of God, hey, God will save you no matter what you've done, no matter where you're coming from. Hey, God will change your life this morning. Why don't you come as we say, Christians, why don't you come? Why don't you decide today, hey, I'm going to quit talking about it. I'm going to start walking with God and living for God. Would you come as we sing? Would you come? I'm going to live for God. Hey, would you come this morning? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it all over to God. Maybe you got problems. Turn them over to God. Hey, God can take care of them. Hey, big step. It's not big. You just think it's big. Some of you'd step out if you wasn't proud and trust Christ. Hey, how about you? Would you come this morning trusting? Hey, he's a good God. I'm telling you, he's good. Sing another verse. Hey, would you? Hey, he's a good God. And you know what he said? He said, all that come to me, I'll in no wise cast any of them out. Hey, would you come this morning trusting? sing another verse in just a moment but think about this the God that created the heavens and the earth the God that compiled a book without error the God that conceived himself in the womb of a virgin and came down here and died for you and for me he says come on <laughs> and he says to his people he said seek me with all your heart he said get close to me he said I'll bless you you want the blessings of God? Hey, you can't have the blessings of God if you don't walk with God. We're going to sing one more. Listen, maybe there's somebody here, you've been saved, listen, but you've never been baptized. What you waiting for? Hey, I, if, if Brother Ken drowns you, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll preach you the best funeral for nothing you've ever had in your life. Won't charge you a cent. If you haven't been baptized and you've been saved, won't you come and get baptized? I want to get baptized. If you don't tithe, won't you start tithing? If you're saved, you're going to walk with God, you better start giving. Some of you need to start just reading your Bible. You never read your Bible. Hey, the only, only time your Bible gets any activity is on Sunday, Wednesday night. Hey, you can't walk with God unless you hide the Word of God in your heart. Amen. One more verse. Hey, I'm through. Brother Ken. Amen. <laughs> Sing, come, 
Amen. Come. Be obedient to the Lord. Let that be your prayer. Lord, you take total charge of my life. Amen. Yes. We're going to sing another stanza. I want to encourage you to come. Folks are praying for whatever reason, whatever need. If we can pray with you about anything in your life, I want you to come. I want you to come. Just be obedient to the Lord. You may want to come, just like Brother Goddard has challenged us about today, walking with the Lord. What a privilege to be able to walk with God, to walk just beside Him and to know Him and to talk to Him and to experience Him in our life every day. What a privilege to be able to walk with God. There may be those who want to come unite with our church. All you got to do is come to the front and we'll get the information that we need from you. Whatever the reason, whatever the purpose, we want you to come. We'll sing this next stanza. These folks continue to pray. Others continue to come. As we sing, come. 